Okay, let's get into Parshas Vayetze. A lot of people born in this week's Parsha, more than any other Parsha in the Torah. Parshas Vayetze, as we begin the building of the Shifteka, the building of Am Yisrael, uh, that we started already through the Avos. But this Parsha really uh, changes gear from individuals to family. And then, in Sefer Shmos, we go from family to nation. But this Parsha really changes and... Uh, you know, transitions to uh, more than one or one or two people. Uh, and there are so many stories to discuss in Parshas Vayetze. We'll start off with a, one, a one-liner, a one like we like to say, a small thought, um, and that is quoted here in the Vakarasa Lashabbos Oneg in source number one, where the um, Torah tells us, uh, as we know at the beginning of the Parsha, that Yaakov Avinu goes, he left Beersheba, uh, and he left because both his father and his mother wanted him to leave for various reasons. Um, we spoke about it in the past. The repeat, and he comes to this spot, he takes from the stones of the place, and he places it under his head, or around his head, says the Rashi. <laughs> the, says Rashi, He put it like some type of uh, protection around his head. Because he's scared of wild animals, which is interesting. You'd think that if you just have some stones around your head, it doesn't really protect you from lions and tigers. But, okay, that's not for us now. But the next part of the Rashi. The rocks started fighting with each other. This one says, I want the tzaddik to put his head on, my, on me. Each stone was screaming out to be used by Yaakov Avinu as a pillow. Says the Rashi, Hashem makes it into one big stone, so everybody's happy. Later on it says the Evan, even though earlier it said the plural and the singular. Okay, so how could stones talk? We don't have to say that stones are talking. It's, called, it's teaching us a message here. But even within the message, ask the Bali Musr. He quotes at source number one. How did it help? Right? I want him to lie on me. I want him to lie on me. And what happens? He made it to one stone, but he still only lies on part of the thing, part of the rock. So he's lying on this part of the rock and that part of the rock. So what happened to the jealousy? Sholem Bali Musr. Mahuila Takana. Shazan Gadis Barakul Evan Achas. Hariadayin. Hiniach Yagavinas Rosharak al Khila Katanme Evan. Ready only put his head on a small part of the stone. Vinimsa Shadayin Ishbakom Limriva. There's still plenty of room to fight. Explain the Bali Musr. When you become one, you're not jealous anymore. Your right hand is not jealous of your left hand. Right? If your right hand is holding the ice cream cone, the left hand doesn't say, oh, I want some. No, you're one unit. So any part of that unit is connected. And that's what happens when HaKadosh Baruch Hu puts the stones together into one. There's no more jealousy. Everything falls away. There's no jealousy, there's no hatred. And therefore, that's the message that we have to know. If one feels like one... Then there's nothing to talk about. The Gemara says that there's no jeal, there's bakomiskanin. The Gemara says everybody's, you're always jealous of everyone except your child and your, or your student. You're not jealous of a child or your student. Why not? Why isn't a parent ever jealous of their child when their child succeeds? Why aren't they jealous of them? You know why? Because the child is an extension of the parent. The child is the parent. The child's success is the parent's success. I hope you have nachas. What does nachas mean? Nachas means because it's an extension of you. And therefore, it's, it's one. And so to a student. A student is a, is a piece of the Rebbe, a piece of the teacher is in every student. And therefore, there can be jealousy with everyone except for a Rebbe or a Talmud, uh, or a Talmud or a, or a, or a child because they are like one. So that's the first, uh, thought of the evening that we have. The rocks became one. No more jealousy. Okay. Vayetse, and now we get back to uh, the same Chazal, but a couple of other questions. And again, we look at the words of the Sari Alafim, Rabbi Tversky from Chicago, is always constantly creative thoughts. We had one thought from Vayetze last year. We're going to have a different thought uh, this year as well. Says the Sari Alafim as follows. You have to go into the same Rashi that we just said. Actually, a different Rashi. We'll get to the Rashi that we just read. First, he quotes the other Rashi. What happens? What does it mean? Vayifka bamakom. Rashi quotes, Kimata lacharan. When he came to Charan Amar, he came all the way to Charan. Yaakov Inu says, wow, I'm already at Charan? 
I passed by the Makam HaMikdash. I passed by the Har HaMariah. I can't believe I missed it. I, I, was, I was daydreaming. I was just going straight. I'm at Har and I forgot. I forgot. I can't believe it. So Yoav Dadi Lamedar. What happens? I, I got to go back. And what happened? He had Kfisas HaDerach going back. The Chazer Ad Beisel. The Kafsa Okay. Tzrichem Lohavin. Question one. Asks Rabbi Tversky. Lama Be'emes Lonis Akiv Yaakov. We had, well, just uh, parenthetically, we had one small thought. The next two thoughts are going to be a little more elaborate, and then we'll get to another couple of uh, shorter thoughts after that. But first, says the Rabbi Tversky, what, what, why didn't he stop on the way there? Right? I said it tongue-in-cheek a second ago, but Yaakov wasn't daydreaming. Yaakov was focused. Yaakov didn't waste any time. He went to learn in basement of Shem Ever for 14 years. So he, he didn't waste any time. And he, and he didn't lose focus. So, so what does it mean that he missed it, and then he had to go back. And if there was a reason why he didn't stop on the way there, so why did he change his mind when he got to Haran? Right? Why did he skip it? Because we assume he didn't do it by accident. On purpose, he didn't stop there. But once he got to Haran, then he went back. So what was the Havamina? What was the Maskana? Meikar my savar, ulabasov my savar. Question one, what exactly is the story with Yaakov's passing and going back? Question one. Question two, quotes the Rashi that we just went through of the rocks and the rocks all come together. The Yesh Lahavin and he says, what's the depth of that Medrash, of that Gemara? Let's try to understand it more, a little more in depth. The message of the plural rocks becoming one. Third question. Third question, line 20. So Yaakov wakes up from his slumber. Well, I didn't realize this is such a holy place. We discussed in the past the Achain and the Anochi only off by one letter. But he, I didn't realize it was a Makim Kadosh. Srichim Lahavin asked the Sariel of him. Yaakov Lomar. Yaakov says, I didn't know what, that it's a Makim Kadosh. Why'd you come back here? What were you thinking? You went all the way to Haran. You came back because you knew it was a Makam Kadosh. You wake up and you say, wow, it's a Makam Kadosh. Why'd you go there in the first place? Such an obvious question. Right? The whole going back, Haya Avur Shu Makam Kadosh, was because it was a holy spot. So, what, what did you think at the beginning? What do you think at the end? What's, what, what is the pshat, the depth of the stones coming together? And what does it mean that he is a, in a makom, in a makom kadosh? He also adds one other question that he'll touch on at the end that we say in the Haggadah, Bikesh Lavan Lakar Esakol, Lavan wanted to uproot everything. When did he, when and how did he want to uproot everything? Some say it had to do with last week's parsha when he met Eliezer, uh, two weeks ago when he met Eliezer. Some say it's this week's parsha. So, so what is it? When did he want to be Mavakesh? When did he want to be Okar Esakol? So says this, sorry, I love him here on the top left now, Vf Shalomar. Yef Shalom are as follows. Apima she yadua. She Yaakov Avinu haya yachid sheba avos. She zacha she bitaso aisa shleima. We know that Yaakov Avinu was the first av who all their, all his progeny, all his children followed him. Avram had a Yishmael, Yitzchak had an Esav. Yaakov had mitaso shleima. Nobody, they weren't perfect. There were issues with the brothers, as we know very well. But they were mitaso shleima, as it's called. They were shifte ka. All their names were on the choshen. Shaharei, Lavram Avinu Haya Ben Yishmael, Shaya Rasha, Yitzchak had a Ben Esav, Shaya Rasha, only Yaakov was Zoche. Even though these are the highest of the high and we don't really know, but still, is there something that we could learn, that we could attribute to the fact that Avram had a Yishmael, Yitzchak had an Esav, but Yaakov did not. Is there anything that we can learn from? Many different ideas. The nearest, he says, let me give an idea. There's a story from a Hasidic Rebbe. He was asked, why do you do things so differently than your father? You do, you're, you, you are in charge of your court. You know, different than your father. Savannah Agana Kadosh, he says, what do you mean? I do exactly what my, like my, what my father does. 
My father didn't do anything his father did. So I'm not doing anything my father did. Because his grandfather was misnagged. Right? So he says, I'm just following my father. Right? His fa- he went against everything that he got in the Messiah. So, so again, it's a little, not a serious story, but, but what's the message? That one of the messages that we can learn from that, says Rabbi Tversky, is that children follow their parents. And they follow the model of their parents. Maybe not right away, but it sinks in. Some more, some less. There are certain values. Much more than what we say, they learn from what we do. When children see... When children see that their parents are following the Misora and what their parents did. They're not trying to find new avenues. So the children also, you know, follow suit. Again, obviously there are exceptions to the rule, but as a general, you know, if parents follow their parents and the children follow those parents, but if children see that the parents do whatever they want, no rules, I could be revolutionary, then the children might also be revolutionary. Then it becomes a very dangerous, a dangerous path. Again, even if we do our best sometimes, there are things out of our control. But at least we could try the best that we could do is to follow the Messiah that we have. And he says, maybe that's, again, not, there's no fault here, but it's just the Metzius. Says the, in the middle of the page. Why do Yishmael go? Stray. Avram Avinu threw away everything he learned from his father. So there's an opening. Now, uh, Avram Avinu's children see, oh, okay, you could do against, you could go against from what your father did. So both Yitzchak and Yishmael did something different than Avraham. One went all the way off. And one of them just had a different derech avoda. But they both did differently than their father. Right, we know Avram Avinu had to recognize and come to monotheism through his own das. There was no rebbe. Avinu made his own path. When Yisrael and Yisrael saw the derech of their father, so what happens? They also did it. Just like Avram Avinu didn't follow the path of his father, so too. Yitzchak and Yishmael did not follow the path. Yitzchak chose Yira and Din, not Ahava and Chesed. So that's a kosher, different path. And Yishmael obviously went the non-kosher, different path until he eventually did Shuva, but that's Yishmael. The Chein Ha'ib Yitzchak. So too, Yitzchak didn't follow the path of Yaakov. So Yitzchak's kids also. Yaakov When they saw that their father chose differently from their grandfather, they also chose their path. Esav went all, all away and threw it all away. Everything from Yitzchak. And Yaakov also went his own path in Ruchnius and focusing on Torah and building a large family and, and teaching. Originally, now we're getting back to some of the questions. When he first passed, Yaakov didn't think that he had to connect at all to his Makam Avosav. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to blaze my own trail in Avodah Hashem. See, he went straight. He went straight. He didn't stop at the Temple Mount. He didn't stop there because I'm going to, I'm going to be my own person. I'm going to be my own person. I don't have to go to the Makam HaAkedah. Ki la ratza lechakos is darachi avosav. Ela ratza lasos kimaseyem. Limso derach miyuchedes hamatimalo. But then he got there. You know what he realized? 
it's not about rejecting totally. You could add, you could be a machadesh. Rav Salvechik was mechalek between a machadesh and a mishaneh. A mishaneh is someone who changes. A machadesh is somebody who takes the principles and applies them in new ways. Being a machadesh is fine. Yaakov even thought he has to reject everything and start a new path. And that's why he passed. But when he got to Charon, Latachlis, Betsias Zivuka, Baladis Banim, when he got to Charon to start building a family, his chil is bone and he starts to think about, and he realizes, whoa, Avram, how do you smile? Yitzchak had an Esav. I don't want that. That's how I start building my family. So it has to be a little of both. It has to be a balance. A balance of Misora and Chiddush. A little of both. Blazing my own path but building on what I have received. Vehikir on the top left. Shesibeth Hadavar. He realized, why was there an Esav and Yishmael? Partly. They went separately. And Yaakov came to the Hakara. The only way to do it is to seize and to connect to the previous generations also. And then they'll follow me. Just like I follow my my forefathers, they'll follow me. That's why you have Daiti Lamada, that's why we went back to our Maria to reconnect to the Avos. Oh. And then he even says, he went back and got Me'avne Hamakom. Right, the Bali Musar, he quotes Evan, Arashi. Evan is Av and Ben. He took an Evan. Because he wanted he wanted to connect. He wanted to connect the Av and the Ben. Shinyano Evan Moral, Masor, Me'avla Ben, and Me'avla Talmud. That's Evan. So when he went back, Shaboy Yaakov, Lubakam, Ispalo Avosav, Nodalo, Shayashdam, and he comes back and he thinks to himself, he sees two stones. He sees more than one stone. And they're arguing, what does that mean? What's the, what's the symbol? There's different paths. There's Chesed and there's Yira. There's Din and there's Ava. There's Avram and there's Yisrach. What am I supposed to do? There are different stones. And stone is Avin Ben. So what does the Kaddish Baruch do? He makes them one. You could do a be a mizug. You could take both. You could be a uh, a connector. No daloshen nirsham b'makam oshtei misaros shonos misaros shalavodes achesed va'ava shenishbasham my days. Zekeno Avram Avi Avram, the one that is all about Ava umisaros shel gvura v'yira shenishbasham de aviv. That's why he took me avne. He took from both. He took both and put it on his head. But there was a big fight between them. There was a big fight between the Mesoras, the Ava and the Din. But the Baruch Hu made it into one stone. There doesn't have to be a fight. It doesn't have to be a, a, a zel umazeh. It could be one. Shemizek, bottom, bottom left. Shemizek shteya Mesorah shel Ava v'yira. As we know, Yaakov Avinu is the blending of the great Midos of the, of the first two Avos. The Nasa Yaakov Avinu Merkava Lamidas Teferes, the glory. So that's, that explains why he didn't stop on the way there, because he thought, I'm going to be my new, my own person. But then he realizes, no, to build a family, to, to carry on the Misora, he started thinking about his family, he had to go back. And then that's Me'avne to Evan also. And then he says, now let's continue. So hopefully his children will follow in his path. Line 12. When he wakes up and he says, What's the reason? Why was I zocher that I got Hashem in this place? I didn't just focus on the anochi. I didn't just focus on me. I didn't think it was about, I'm going to blaze a trail different than anybody before me. No, Anochi, yeah, I got to push down your Anochi a little bit. Anochi, Eloyadati, and that's why I was Zochet to such Hashorah Sashchina. Shizkamti, Loladaz, is Anochi Shali. Sholachapes, Laatzmi, Derach Miuchad, El Bamakom Zelis, Tavik, Bedarke, Avosai. And then he says, maybe, again, Al Pidrush, we said Evan, it's all about Evan. Avin Ben, Avin Ben, the Misora. Lavan, if you put those two words together, it's Lev Ben. If Evan is Av Ben, Lavan is Lev Ben. Just the, just the, just the son. Don't worry about what happened earlier. Just the son. Lavan was someone who said, reject the Misora. 
Do what you think is right. And that's Bikesh Yilavan Lakar, as I call. Bikesh Lavan, the low Ben. Right? The, uh, the lave Ben, just focusing on the heart of the Ben without connecting to the previous. That's, that's something that Bikesh Lakar, as I call. So, and he ends off, Yihiratzon, that we were Nizke, we merit to follow in the Darki Avoseinu, not focusing on the me. So that our children and our neighbors and our students will all learn from us in terms of the Misora, uh, getting back all the way to, uh, going all the way to Bias Goel, right? Rav Salvechik, if you remember, pointed out, we mentioned this years ago, probably more than a decade ago, that the first grandfather, the one that's called Saba in Chazal is Yaakov Avinu. He's the first one that explicitly has a relationship with his grandchildren, Right, in Parshas Vayachi, he gives brachas to Ephraim and Menashe. We don't have any uh, explicit text about the connection between Avraham and Yaakov or Yitzchak and the Shvatim. Right? Yitzchak didn't tell them because Hashem didn't tell them about the Mechira. So, but again, the text, only Yaakov. Yaakov was the first grandfather because he was the Baal HaMesorah. He was the one that was worried about the future generations and this all connects to uh, what we have been talking about. Okay. Another major thesis. It's all to give shot in a Rashi. And it's a thesis that we've had shiurim on, but we're going to try to squeeze it into a parsha here in five minutes. Maybe seven. So if we continue in the Pasik, the Torah tells us, Hashem says to Yaakov, the first time, this is the first time that Hashem speaks to Yaakov Avinu in Torah Shabbat Saf. And he says, the land that you're on, I'm going to give to your children. But again, the first conversation is about Eretz Yisrael. The land that you are on is going to be yours. So the Pashup Shah means, there's this huge land, I'm laying on a little bit of it, this land is going to be yours. Chazal say there's a deeper idea here. Rashi quotes, Hashem folded up the entire land of Israel and squeezed it under Yaakov Avinu. And he was lying on the entire land. And that's what it means. The land that you're lying on, What's the message of that Chazal? That Kadesh Baruch took all of Eretz Yisrael and squeezed it under where Yaakov was sleeping. So says Rabbi Ganak in source number five, in his Sefer on Chumash, maybe it's connected to a thought that Rav Salvechik said about Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. I don't think Rav Salvechik connected it to this, but I think Rabbi Ganak took the Rav Salvechik's Chiddush and then, and then applied it here. There is a mission in the first parak of Masechah's Kalim that says, in line number five, source number five, line number five, Kalim is 30 prakim, 29 prakim about Kalim. The first parak is not about Kalim. The first parak is half about the levels of Tumah, all the different levels of Avos Satumah. And the second half is all about the ten levels of sanctity of the land of Israel. The Eser Kedushos. Eretz Yisrael has a certain sanctity. And as you get closer and closer in, Yerushalayim has a sanctity. And then the Harabayas has a more sanctity. And the Azara has sanctity. And the Kodesh, and the Kodesh Kadashim goes all the way from Eretz Yisrael all the way in. Those are the Eser Kedushos. And the Mishnah lists off what halacha reflects this Kedusha. So what reflects the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael? Says the Mishnah, line 6. Eretz Yisrael b'kudashas b'kol aratos. Umayu kedushasa. What reflects the Kedusha? What would I have said if I was writing this Mishnah? What reflects the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael? Truma, Meiser, Chala... Many different uh, mitzvahs. Mitzvahs atuliyas ba'aretz. The Mishnah lists off three specific, unusual, not as common mitzvahs that are connected to the land of Israel. Omer, the carbon of Omer that's brought on the second day of Pesach to allow you to eat from the new grain. Bikurim, the first fruits they bring to the base of Megdash. And Shteelechem, and the special carbon, the two breads that you bring on the Anshvus. Vitzarach Beer asks the Rav Salvechik, Divriya Mishnah. What are you giving such unusual cases? The Shteelechem, the Omer. The Gura takes out Bikurim, but either way, why are you quoting such unusual halachas? Explain Rev Salvechik. There are really two elements and aspects of the sanctity of the land of Israel, of Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, on the top of the next page. 
Number one, Chada Kedusha Sa'aretz HaMechayeves B'Mitzvah Satuliyaz Baretz. There's one aspect of the Kedusha that this land has sanctity. Why? Because Hashem imbued it with sanctity. Directly. The land. And that is responsible for Truma and Meiser and the Mitzvah Satuliyaz Baretz. That is not what this Mishnah is talking about. There's another type of Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. Eretz Yisrael as an expansion of the Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash. Yerushalayim is an expansion of the base of Mikdash, and the entire Eretz Yisrael is an expansion of Kedusha's Mikdash in a more diluted sense. The most intense Kedusha is the Kodesh Kedashim. It goes out a little bit to the Heichal, out a little bit to the Azara, out a little bit to the Harabayas, out more to Yerushalayim, out more. The Mishnah in Kalim is reflecting not just where the, the Kedusha comes per se, but what reflects that Eretz Yisrael is an expanded base Hamikdash. So all of these have to do with the Beis HaMikdash. All of these, the Kedusha flows from the Beis HaMikdash. Bikurim, Shtei Alechem, and Omer all have to do with Beis HaMikdash. They were all brought to the Beis HaMikdash. That's why the Mishnah says those. That's why the Mishnah says those. Amazing. And that's what he says. This is also explains the Rambam. Again, a very famous Rambam in this sugya. The Rambam explains that the first Kedusha, when Yoshua bin Nun took the Jews into the land of Israel... That sanctity was undone after the Chorban Beis HaMikdash, Chorban Bayez Rishon. It was undone. Kedusha Rishona, lo kitsha la'asilava. It was not eternal. But when Ezra HaSofer came back with 42,000 Jews or so, the second time, that Kedusha was everlasting. Even though that was a Nebuch. They, they hardly, uh, so few Jews came back. Most Jews stayed in Bavel. But that Kedusha is, was eternal. That Kedusha was eternal. Why? So the Rambam's Lashon is, the first uh, um, Kedusha was by Kibush, by conquering. Yeshua bin Nun fought the wars, and therefore that is undone by an unconquering, so to speak. While Ezra went and settled it, Chazaka. He got permission from Koresh to go build the second base of Mingdash. So that was settlement. What's the Bir Hadavar? What's the root difference between conquering and settling? So it says of Salvation, beautiful. He says, no. He says, was the Kedusha from out to in or in to out? Yeshua ben Nun came into the land of Israel and he went to Yericho and went to Gilgal. Everywhere he went, he conquered it and he imbued it with the Kedusha. All the way, all the way, all the way until at the end, Yerushalayim and Mikdash. It was from out to in. Okay, that's Batel. That could become nullified. What's the second, the second, when Ezra went in, what did he do first? He went straight to Yerushalayim. He went straight to the base of Migdash. And he got people to move around the base of Migdash. Meaning, where does the second Kedusha flow from? It flows from the base of Migdash and it expands out. The Kedusha of the Makam Migdash is never Batel. Once Hashem's presence rested there on that spot, it's never Batel. So that is why the second Kedusha is eternal because that flows from the base of Migdash. So from both of these thoughts, from the Mishnah in Meseches Kalim and from... This halacha of the Rambam, we see that Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, in a certain sense, has an aspect of Kedusha as an expansion of the Beis Hamikdash itself. What an unbelievable message. Where anyone, we're anywhere in Israel, we're in a diluted spot of the Beis Hamikdash. It's radiating out. It's weaker, but it's radiating out. Says Rabbi Ganak, maybe that's hinted to in this Rashi. Hashem puts the entire Eretz Yisrael under the spot where Yaakov Avinu is sleeping. Why does he do that? And he's saying the land that you're lying on is Kodesh. Because the whole land of Israel has Kedusha that flows from the base Hamikdash. Wow. Asher Nira Lefizeh, line 22. Shezeo Gamkin Atam, Shekipel HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kol Eretz Yisrael, Tachaz Yaakov. That's why he... HaKadosh Baruch Hu put all the land of Israel under Yaakov. There's a Kedushas that flows from the Mikdash. And that's the spot where Yaakov is sleeping. As I just explained. That's why the second time that they went in, that Kedusha is eternal. And it's never nullified. And that is um, the thought why Rashi says it. I, Rashi says, I didn't read the th- next three words in Rashi. Rashi is all under here to show that it will be easily conquered. Right? Nocha Labanav Likavich says the 
Rabbi Ganak, maybe that means it'll be easy to conquer because it'll be settled because the Kedusha will flow. You can stick it in, you can stick it in this shot into that Lush. And then it just ends off. He ends off with a Chassam Sofer, which fits into everything that we just said. He goes for the Chassam Sofer. Vayikat Yaakov Mishenazo. Yaakov wakes up. Vayomer Achen Yesh Hashem B'makom Hazeh Vanochi Lo Yodati. So he says, Shekasa V'aladerach Hazu Bebir Mashi Yaakov Nisroi Me'agolus. Yaakov was worried. He was going to Golus. He was the Av of Golus, as we know. And he was nervous that the Kedusha wouldn't last. Kedusha wouldn't last. When he goes to Golis, when B'nai Yisrael go into Golis, the Kedusha of the land of Israel, Amar, so he sees, he says, oh, it's the Makam Mikdash, that Kedusha, that element will not be Batal. Once the second Mikdash is built based on the Kedusha's Mikdash, so then the land of Israel will always have Kedusha forever. Okay, so much depth to that Rashi of Kafal HaKadosh Baruch all of Eretz Yisrael underneath. Okay, moving right along. So Yaakov wakes up from the dream. He says, Yaakov wakes up. He takes the stone. He makes it a matzeva. He makes it a stone to Hashem. Pours oil on it. And Yaakov makes a neder. He makes a neder. Because I learned from here to be no there be a sara. Im ye elokimi madi, if Hashem is with me. Ushmarani badara chazer shanochi olech and Hashem guards me. Vinasanli lechem lechol vegan lobosh and he gives me bread to eat, clothing to wear. Vishafti vishalom abesavin, I come back in peace. Vayasham lila lokim, then he will be for me for a God, I'll dedicate my life, etc. etc. We're not going to get you now the question, what? He's making a deal, and if not, not. Okay, not going to talk about that now. But we're going to focus on the phrase, we spoke about this a number of years ago, almost 10, so I thought we would look at the words again. Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, Yaakov focused on bread and clothing. Hashem, if you give me bread and clothing, that's so basic. That's so minimalist. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, that's exactly the point. Because we learn from the Avos HaKadoshim it's, it's not about Mosaros, as it's called. It's not about getting used to having Mosaros. Right? It's just what they need. Because it's impossible for a person, well, right? What you need. What you need. Biadua, our natural instinct is to Need. What do we need? There's a lot more that we think we need that we don't need. But we think there's a lot that we need. Ubiadua. Kinetias Adamachar Bakasha Samosaros, who Garmo Mumas Rambos, it causes us so much. I need this, I need this many cars and this type of car and this type of food and there's so much. Again, if it's used properly, it's used properly. But we have to recognize what are our needs and what are our um, extras. She's <laughs> to realize what we have and be happy with what we have. Right, a few days ago, I haven't spoken to my son, one of my kids. I haven't spoken to them in uh, about three and a half weeks. Um, he hasn't had his phone, but we get a message about once a week. Uh, so we got a message uh, a few days ago that um, they're doing okay. They're sleeping in empty Arab houses on the floor in sleeping bags. They're fine. So they're not, they're, they're Yaakov Avinu-like, right? Food and clothing. And that's, what's, and that's what they're doing for Am Yisrael. And they're following Yaakov Avinu. And when we focus on, again, it doesn't mean we should, we should, we have to give away all of our, all of our couches and, and the pillows. We can live without them. But it just means in terms of perspective, in terms of attitude, we have to recognize that those are gifts from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, And those are beyond what we need. Tov ma'at be'yiras Hashem me'otzerava and he quotes these psukim. And the last, second to last line, we have to recognize his tapkus. To focus on Ruchnius. To focus on 
you know, a little less, maybe. Again, it doesn't mean not to. Hashem wants us to enjoy ourselves and to be happy. But just an attitude we have to recognize and be honest with ourselves. You know, th- this generation is generally the generation of affluence. The generation where we have so much. Right? Very unusual in the past 2,000 years. It's happened once in a while for a couple of years to Jews in this country and in that country. But it's very, not, not, not often. We've had many decades many decades of affluence in our community. And we have to recognize that that's not, those aren't necessities. Those aren't necessities. What does Yaakov say? Hashem, what, do you, what, what does he ask for? Lechem lecho uveged lilbosh. Turning over the page. Turning over the page. And we have to recognize, we have to recognize, line 12, v'kfar anu roim la'ayin b'seder ha'olam. We see in the world, look around at the world. Every time you think about the world, it can bring you closer to Hashem. And more awe, more awed, like the Ramam talks about in Hilchus Yisodi Torah in the second parak. When you think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, amazing, we want to be close to Him. Because there's such, such perfection. So look what he says. Whatever you really need to live, Hashem makes very common. And very plentiful. Umashu muchrach yoser umatzi yoser. Whatever is more needed is found more. Umashu inu muchrach kolkach inu matzi kolkach. What's more common and found? Water or diamonds? Yes, Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar. We don't need diamonds. We need water. There's a lot more water in the world than there are diamonds in the world. Hashem could have figured out a different way to do that. Kenyan amar galios umini avanim yikaros. Fancy stones. They're not so common. They're not in everybody's possession. They're not so needed. Hashem makes plenty what's needed. People can live without them. Bread. Bread is more matsui than pearls. Water is more matsui than bread. Right, we're going from jewelry to bread and now to water. And we're not done yet. Water is even more of a necessity from food. You could get away out without food for a couple of days. Without water? A little trickier. Without water, it's much more dangerous. You find water all over the place. And what's more? Air. Air. There's plenty, there's more air than water because you need air every second. Water you don't need every second. Every couple hours you can take a drink of water. You can't live a minute without air. So that's why air is the most plentiful. Whatever is mochrach, whatever is more needed, Hashem makes more matsui. The avir shu yoser mochrach menamayim, and air, which is more mochrach from water. Sharei cheshe katsamei, yuchal adam lispo milachado parsachas. You can last if you're thirsty. Avabli avir lo yuchal adam, velo kolchai liskaim afilu rega. Not even a moment. Alkeinu matsu yoser, shlotimsa magam regmen avir, there's no place. As long as it's above ground, that does not have air. Even if there's a wall, that doesn't stop the air. Doesn't stop the air. As I said, the mukrachem things he mitzuyim yoser ba'olam. They're more common in the world. Because the Kaddish wants you to have it. See there as Olam Ben Hashem made the world like that. And that's why Yaakov Avinu asks for necessities. Lechem lecho uveged lobosh. That's all. That's all a tzaddik would ask for because Hatorah moeses bohen. The Torah does not like extras. Right. The king also has limitations. Not too many horses. Not too much money. Not too many wives. And he quotes some of this from the Chovos Halavavos. The same Chovos Halavavos that we have. The same Chovos Halavavos. Right. The Rishonim learned that. He's 900 years ago. He's early. I think he's the uh, the um, 11th century, very early, 11th, 12th, very early. 
So that's Rabbeinu Bachai that teaches us to keep our our focus of what is needed um, and what is and what is extra. Okay, the following thought I thought we had done in years past, but I did not have it written down that we had done it. So either way, we'll do it. We'll do it now. So Yaakov Avinu goes and he comes to Haran and he's looking for a wife. He's looking for a wife. He comes to the well. Comes to the well. Many great biblical couples met at the well. And he comes and he sees all of these shepherds. Vaisa Baisheni. Vinei Be'er Basadeh. Vinei Shav Shloshet Ritzon Ropsim All these sheep were just hanging out. Ki Be'ne Be'er Yeshko Adarim Bo Ha'even Gedola Pia Be'er. And there's a big stone on the bear, on the well. And all the herd, all the herds gathered there. When everybody got together, they rolled the stone off. Then they put the stone back on the well. They didn't want the well to get mizuham, as it's called in this country. Um, you know, a ruined, a disgusting, and garbage falling in. So they kept the stone on it. So they're lying around there. Yaakov says to them, Achai. Years ago, he mentioned from the Panovich Arav, the first word he said is, my brothers. That already breaks the ice. Not a stranger. Like it says in modern Hebrew, achi. Already your family. Achai. Hey, man. Hey, brothers. Where are you from? Who are you? Do you know Lavan? How is he doing? Right, he's good. And here comes his daughter. So then Yaakov says, by the way, why are you lying around here? You're, you're workers, you're cheating your employers. Go feed, give your water to your sheep and go shepherd. We can't. We are unable to do it. We can't, we can't roll the stone off. We have to wait for all the shepherds to come and then we'll roll off the stone. Rachel comes, and amazing, this is kind of reminds us of when Rivka saw Yitzchak, she fell off the camel. When Yaakov saw Rachel, he got up, and he went to the well, and he pushed off the stone. He just rolled it off, quickly. Pasik Yud. Rashi, like taking off a bottle cap. To teach us, that his strength was strong. So what, what does that mean, his strength was strong? He was Yaakov Ishtam Yoshevo Alim. Right? In, the, in any picture book, if you see pictures of Yaakov and Esav, Esav is the guy that's built with all the muscles and the uh, red flying hair. And Yaakov is a, you know, he's a, he's a Rebbe. You know, he's a very skinny. And, uh, and he's the one that goes, this huge stone that all the shepherds were waiting for. And Yaakov goes and does it? How'd that happen? So Rabbi Lamb, in one of his drushes from the 1950s, source number nine, he says, what happened? What happened? We could well imagine in the second paragraph, the attitude of the shepherds when Yaakov walked over to the well. Look, they probably sneered. Look is going to play the big hero. Jacob the Batlon, the Luftmensch. And we could also imagine their amazement and embarrassment when this same Yaakov walks up to the stone and effortlessly rolls it off. Katana, like a, a little, little, uh, oh. So, so where did it exactly come from? Where did it come from? It explains Rabbi Lamb. Was it a stone or was it a pebble? What was it? That's not a question of reality. That's a question of attitude. It's a question of attitude. The shepherd said, what was that, what was that phrase? I read it before. Lo nuchal. We can't. Lo nuchal, lo nuchal. You say lo nuchal enough, you really can't be uchal. You really can't do it. The shepherds, the reason the shepherds couldn't roll the stone away, Rabbi Lamb writes, was that they were convinced that they couldn't do it. Listen once again to the Bible's words, lo nuchal, they said, we cannot, it's impossible. When a man thinks that a particular task is impossible, then for him, it becomes impossible. You think it's impossible? That's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yaakov had no such difficulty. He didn't think it was impossible. He thought a man could certainly remove a stone from his well. He therefore went over and without further ado, simply moved it out of the way. He thought it was possible and therefore for him, it became possible. 
Unbelievable. The same is true for most of us, says Rabbi Lamb. If we face the stone on our own individual wells, the difficulties which keep us back from doing those constructive things which we want to do, and we imagine that stone to be a boulder, then that is what it is. And try as we might, cannot be budged, lo nuchal. Our lo nuchal makes it an even, an even gedola. But if we say, I can, then what you think is impossible, I'm sorry, if you still think lo nuchal, what you think is impossible becomes impossible. Think of it as possible, and the odds are that you could do it. It's all about attitude. Yaakov said to himself, I could do this. And therefore he's able to do it. How many times do we hear of unbelievable stories? And he ourselves, sometimes in our own life, we don't think we have the clock to do it, to go through the sleepless nights in various situations. But you do it. You do it because ain't braira. You do it because this is what I have to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And if I'm going to do it, so then that is what it is. And he quotes other examples. Kedarko Bakodesh. And then just turning the page one more time. Rabbi Lamb says... Look at it that way, and the stone is as formidable as a boulder. And we may as give, give up. He's talking about trying to influence the secular, um, non-religious Jews living around us. He was talking in the 1950s in New York City. Look at it that way, and the stone is as formidable as a boulder. And we might as well give up before we start. Think of it, however, as minor insignificance. Remember that within walking distance of this synagogue, there live a minimum of over 4,000 adult Jews. And your stone becomes not a boulder, but a pebble. It's possible. Yochol nuchal, not lo nuchal, and we have to make sure that we have that. And he says at the end, the limits of a man's ability are much greater than most men think they are. The stone upon that well could be either entire blocked or the stone can be cast away, and it's our job to make sure that we cast it away. Okay, two other thoughts. Let's try to squeeze in for this year. Two other thoughts. So we have, again, this just there's so much that you could do in a... Uh, 50 minutes or 55 minutes years. The Torah tells us, as we know, the 12 children born in this week's parsha, 11 sons and one daughter of Yaakov Avinu, and Ruven Shimon Levi, Yehuda. By the fourth son, Leah names him Yehuda, because now she gives Hoda'a. Pasuk says, Chav teslamid hei, v'tarov v'telebein, v'tomer ha'pam odes Hashem, this time I will thank Hashem. So the Neshachachma wonders why Dafka by the fourth son. Hoda. A question that the Gemara already asks. Right? Why was, was she the first to say Hoda? She didn't give Hoda by the first, by the... Okay, so Chazal say now she knew she had her, you know, more than her chelek. Because there were going to be four wives. And if she has four, do- four children, then she's got more than her chelek. Okay. Says the Neshachachma another pshat. Al-Piyadevere the first by three argashos, which as we'll see relate to the first three sons. Ri'ia, seeing something, Shmia, hearing something, Mishus, feeling something physically, ain't shumbracha. There's no bracha. There's no bracha on those senses. There's no birchas hanaa. There's no birchas hanaa except on eating, drinking, smelling, on seeing something, on feeling something. Right, you fall into your couch and it's so comfortable. You don't make a bracha there, right? You don't make a bracha on seeing or hearing something. You don't make a bracha of of hanah. Uh, on a smell, on a smell, we make a bracha. Ruvain is reia, Shimon is shmia, Levi is leviat, something tangible. He's going to accompany me. Yehuda, what's Yehuda? Malchus Melech Hamashiach comes from Yehuda. And the way that the Navi describes him and the Gemara in Sanhedrin expands on it is the Heirechu, be Yeres Hashem. He, he could smell Yeres Hashem. He could smell it. The Gemara says that he, could, he has a sixth sense. Let's say he'll be a Dayan. He'll know it's right. There's Haracha, there's a smell. Maybe that's the most spiritual, but the smell, and that's why Dafka Yehuda Hapam Odez Hashem. Okay, that's his remez um, to, the fourth, to the fourth son. One final thought, a question that has bothered a number of the Mepharshim. Yosef HaTzadik is born, son number 11. Yosef is, in his birth, he's already connected to his brother. As we know, Yosef Hashem Li Ben Acher. I'm naming you Yosef because I hope I have another one. Wow, that's, a, that's an amazing, even in his name, it's connected. But there is a phrase that the Torah says, 
before she names him, Vatomer Asaf Hashem Elokim Pasi. Asaf. That's also Yosef. Hashem has gathered in my cherpa, my embarrassment. What does that mean? Rashi quotes, Until a woman has a child, then she has nobody to blame for things. Let's say something breaks in the house. If I'm the only one home, nope, there's nobody else to blame. If there's a son, oh, he broke it. Who ate the last cookie? What, what does that mean? Rachel Emena was waiting for somebody to blame. Obviously, there's much depth to this. Ask Rav Schwab. Now she has somebody to blame. Says Rav Schwab, it's much deeper here. So much goes back to Chava. Eitz Hadas, Chava brought death into the world. When a woman has a child, she is being misakein. She's fixing that fate. She's bringing light into the world. The birth and the bringing up of children, that's fixing, that's being misakein. The fate of Chava. Of Isha, the Kiyim Klala, Harba Erbetz Vonech, you fulfill that curse, but that's, that's a tikkun. Without children, then that cherpa, that bush is still on, on the woman. Because she wasn't able to still be Olam. That's the remez of the mashal. It's not just something breaking in the house. But it's just that when Chava gave to Adam, they broke, they broke the kli, they broke the world. They broke the, the kilkel that was brought. And every time there was a child born, the woman has the, the mother has the power to be misakin, to bring light to the world, to bring life to the world, a power that a man does not have, to bring life to the world. And therefore, Asav Hashem is Kharpasi, Rachelimenu is saying, I'm fixing the world. Because every child, every birth is a tikkun ha'olam. Not only because the Gemara says that every neshama born, um, is one step towards the ge'ula, and the ge'ula is going to happen when all the neshamas are taken out of Shemayim and put into beings, but specifically because it's um, it's connecting and it's coming full circle. Adam and Chava did what they did. Forevermore, every couple is being mesakein and fixing and being mashlim the chisaron and the lack that Adam and Chava had. So there's so much that uh, we talked about. We spoke about achdus of the rock. You don't feel jealousy. We spoke about the sorry um, alafim and the and the fact that Yaakov comes together bringing the uh, bringing the different midos. We spoke about the kedusha of Eretz Yisrael all flowing from the base of Migdash. That's our Rav Salvechik. We spoke about being happy with with less mistabik v'muat and uh, and many other things along the way. And always saying we could do it. Not thinking anything is impossible. We have to be like Yaakov Avinu and not be like those shepherds that said lo nucha. Okay, we'll stop here by the Shem. We will continue as Sefer Bracious continues on.